I appreciate you. But now we're sounding the alarm. I'm a voice from the heartland, and you know the story. I'm a product of Middletown America. Pretty much everyone I grew up with, I would think, supports this um, barking clown in the uh, Oval Office. Why I didn't come out of Middletown, Middle America that way, I'm not exactly sure. Probably because I was only there from ages 10 to 18 and they were there their whole life. And I can tell you one thing about the children of Middletown America. Their political views are adopted solely from their father, from what I gathered. In fact, I used to tease my best friend anytime that politics entered the picture. And I'd start calling him by his father's name because that's what he was echoing. I, I think the first time he did it, I actually heard something verbatim I had heard in his house. And it was up a point of view that he had just blindly and completely adopted and I made fun of him for well probably a half hour and I called him by its dad's name for the rest of the day something like that but if they're out there if, if the people I grew up with are out there cheering this on I just I don't get it I just I don't get it. Why are you all of a sudden, why are you now hateful? Where'd you get that from? Where'd you get it from? And where, where are all the elected officials? I, where, where's the outrage on the Democrats? Where's any guidance from Republicans? Any thoughtfulness from the Republicans? Anything? It's a complete void out there. This is a completely failed federal government. And I'm sounding the alarm because I don't think we should wait until November. I really don't. I mean, at best, baseline, baseline. We don't remove him from office. Another 60,000 dead Americans. By removing him from office, we can literally save lives. And I think you should maybe mention that if you're an elected official. You might want to give us some options and save Americans, because that's what we do. No one's left behind. That's our spirit. That's why we're great. That's why I refuse to give up on America. And that's why I love my neighbor. And that's why black lives matter. And let me just say, if, you, if you're white and you can't say black lives matter, you're racist, okay? Say it or you're racist. It's pretty simple. If after 400 years of slavery and abuse and beatings and institutionalized knees at the neck of their very existence and all they're saying is they want to matter? 
What's wrong with you people? My God, come on, people. Who raised you? Wasn't your mother. Mothers don't teach that. So let old man Trump go. Just let him go. Bye, Fred. It's tax fraud and tax evasion and treason on so many levels, I don't even want to... But I hope you enjoyed the song I played yesterday. And it made me think of... You know, today... That was yesterday, today's Ringo's 80th birthday. And he's having a peace and love birthday music bash and... You know, I was thinking, oh, peace and love, and it's corny. But, you know, it's effective. John Lennon is a personal idol in the way that his art and music collided with our political times and fused artist activists like Tupac like like many and it made me think of my own personal beliefs here's part of what they are I mean, I think like I heard LL Cool J say that people are inherently good. Even, and I, I don't hate to say, I don't hate to say it, but I, I'm torn to say it. Even the people cheering on this hatred, I think all people are inherently good. I personally believe that when a baby is born, it's through what I imagine to be the most excruciating pain imaginable, and that's childbirth. Because only something, because when some, a baby to me is pure love, it's God's love, and it's 100% and for that to, for God's love to come out of a vagina that has to be unimaginable pain but the beauty it produces is even more miraculous and, and personally I think that each one of us is tasked by God hold on as much of, to hold on to as much of that love we're born with as we can and everyone can hang on to a different amount because everyone faces different obstacles and 
you just can't compare. That's just, to me, that feels natural. That's our task. And it can manifest itself in such mundane ways, even driving. You know, when you want to get over into a lane and there's like just enough room for your car and it's like the guy behind you can be a dick and speed up and say no or he can let you in. And when they let you in, I do, I always wave. Not because I have to, just because it's shows your heart's in the right place. It's you know, we came together, our paths crossed, they crossed with acknowledgement, with respect, and we moved on efficiently, effectively, without pain or obstacle, and that's how life should go. Unfortunately, it mostly only happens in the mundane, but it can be major. To me, that's just your heart being in the right place, and we need elected officials. We need people in power whose heart are in the right place, and at least Joe Biden's is, and he says it should be all people are created equal, and I agree. Because that's what I just said. I believe we're all tasked with holding on to as much of God's love as we start out with. And we start out with pure love. And once, here's a story. And this kind of almost confirms my theory. A friend of mine was telling me he had two children. One was like three or four when the other one was born. And when they brought... The, the newborn home. After a little while, the, uh, the three-year-old kept tugging on him and kept tugging on him. He finally said, what is it? And he goes, I need to see the, I need to talk to the baby's name. And I, because I'm forgetting what God looks like. That's what the child said. He wanted a quick reminder because, well, I don't, I'm just saying, I could I could be completely wrong, but there were four lads from Liverpool whose hearts were in the right place, and they created beautiful music. And when they came to America and were set to play in Mississippi. Mississippi said that black people couldn't come. They said we play for all people or no people and waved goodbye to Mississippi. So I think I might join Ringo on his birthday because peace and love can work, can be effective and I don't want to discount it because it's a hell of a lot more fun than hate. Am I right about that? 
And I caught some of uh, Ringo on YouTube playing with um, George Harrison, Eric Clapton, Phil Collins was on drums, Elton John was on piano. These guys were having fun. And they were making music. And Ringo's birthday bash is going to be on behalf of also on behalf of Black Lives Matter and I think that's wonderful. I think white people need to stand up for Black Lives Matter. First you need to say it, Black Lives Matter. We wouldn't have a constitution to build on without the help. Black people have been fighting for this constitution from the minute it was written. They believed in it then we believed in it. Then we told them if they fought a war over it, they could have their freedom, and we lied. But they survived, and they struggled, and in so many ways they thrived. And they did it, like I've said, when black culture gets pushed to the brink, they turn to God, and they do. When a white culture gets pushed, doesn't even have to be the brink. When it gets pushed, it's violent. It's just violent. Our beginnings, our very beginnings, were already racist. When that ship of slaves arrived in in Virginia in 1619. That wasn't slavery, that was capitalism. Slavery was already hard at work. That was institutionalized slavery or capitalism. I told you, we were England's experiment with capitalism, and we were. And Christopher Columbus was no saint. He came here. First thing he did was enslave the Indians. He sent a hundred slaves back to the Queen to show his appreciation. Or he was trying to um, get her to sponsor another trip of his because this one was sponsored by Spain. And he wanted to show the Queen, I could work for you too. He sent her a hundred slaves for her. And she was mortified because she saw, thought they were subjects of Spain. And she sent them back and put a warrant out for his arrest. When he wrote about the Indians, he wrote that they came to them unarmed. And pretty much were willing to trade everything they owned. They had no arms. And he enslaved them. His deal with Spain was he got to keep 10% of whatever gold and spices or whatever stuff that the queen wanted. He was there for gold and spices. That's what he was looking for. He got 10% and pretty much whatever land he wanted to claim. So that was his deal.
and think about where you have to be to be able to put a hundred slaves on a ship and cross the Atlantic. You can't communicate with them. The only way is through grotesque violence. I mean, demeaning, venomous, you know, colonization. Another trick we learned from England, of course. You know, fuck the Brits. We, we started this whole thing to break away from them, and we never did because of the South. Because the South wanted to keep slavery. South Carolina, Mississippi, Florida, Alabama, Georgia, Louisiana, Texas, and Virginia. The original Confederate states. These were the first states that England colonized and set up either capitalism or racist um, dictatorships, basically. by Anglo-Saxons until our forefathers some 280 years later finally had enough and the first thing they did was write it down what they wanted to be they, uh, they gathered a continental Congress, a member from each state, and came up with something that could work for all states. They came up with a republic, and a constitution, and each state, each state got to uh, send someone, it didn't have to be a senator, There were no rules on who it could be. James Madison, who is my favorite, came from... Shit, can't remember. He came from Virginia, but he wasn't the only Virginia delegate at the Constitution. I think there was a, a delegate and a, I think he was just a, a citizen, the only, he had been in the military, but the military was not for him, he was short and sickly, but the reason I like him is because our first three presidents have him in common as someone that they all turn to for thoughtful discourse. I mean, the man did write the Bill of Rights. And I'm all for a new Continental Congress. And I think every state should 
Well, I really think some of these states should be finally have to settle up their debt from losing the war. And if this president wants to fight over those statues, I'll take that fight. I'll tear them down. They don't belong here. They lost. They lost. Unless you are going to make a pro-slavery stand, it makes no sense for you to even want them. So you're being an idiot. So either take the right stand. My America already has a flag. Thank you. I think burn that one and keep the one we got. Okay? No more statues of losing slave owners and white supremacists. That's what they all have in common. And that's what this man has in common. And that's what he's going around getting you all to cheer on his white power. While he takes away your health insurance. Yes, he will. Yes, he is. Yes, he will if you don't stop him. He's getting you to cheer on his hate. And then, while you're at his concert, you're going to lose your, uh, your health insurance. And you're going to get sick. But I'm going to pray you don't. I don't know. I'm going to pray that it's not this. Please wear a mask. Please get through it. And please love your neighbor, right? Find a song to sing. Remember how great we can be. Take a minute to remember how great this country is when it, when it bands together, when there's no black and white. You know, like babies are beautiful. If a baby sees another baby, it doesn't matter what color it is. Its first instinct is to smile. It's ready to love. It comes out ready to love. When it sees something threatening, the first thing it does is just stop and freeze and assess and look for another sign. Is this a threat or is it not? Because it's, it's still ready to love. It's like, wait, well, is this, is this a, when do I love this? Mm, I don't know. And if you threaten it again, it's going to cry. But if you smile, it's ready. And I think America's always ready to get back there. Smile at each other. Help each other. We just need the right leadership. I almost once thought I heard a president say something about respect the homeless. Uh, it wasn't, but it made me think, what if, what if our leaders actually did, you know, say, hey, you don't always have to, but every now and then, you know, give up the change in your pocket. Give up a little bit of the change. The change that sits around that doesn't do shit. Give it away. Every now and then. Put some change in your pocket. And give it to someone who needs it. Who asks for it. 
or look them in the eye and say, God bless you, brother. Would it kill you to look them in the eye? We get through things like this because we do it together. That's always been our MO. When we do it together, we win. We just got the wrong guy right now and I'm saying and maybe we can wait till November, maybe. Maybe that'll end up being the blessing that leads to the bold, big, beautiful change that can come, that can occur. Because it's got to be big. And it's got to be united, a united front. And I wish you all well, and I wish you all prosperity from your blessings of liberty and freedom. I just want to tell you, love your neighbor, okay? Let's help each other up. Let's stand for one flag. Let's put our hand over our heart and march forward and not go backwards. Peace and love, Ringo. Sound the alarm, people. Please share these podcasts or like or subscribe so we can go further and further and faster and faster and harder and harder and more music, more music, you know. All right, thanks for listening, everybody, and take care of you, yourself, and your loved ones. You do that by wearing a mask. You take care of everybody by wearing a mask. God bless. Bye-bye. See you tomorrow.